Buffalo Bills training camp is underway. We're breaking down the biggest takeaways from day one today on Locked On Bills. You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I'm your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Monday or Sunday to you, and thank you for making Locked On Bills your first listen every day, or if you are joining us on the YouTube channel, your first watch every day. Now, speaking of the YouTube channel, if you are watching this podcast, you can already tell that I am not where I usually am. I'm not at my office I took one last trip to the beach with the family. So we are in North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and uh, I am recording the podcast from the condo here in North Myrtle Beach. Notice I said North Myrtle Beach. I'll give you one tip here. Don't go to regular Myrtle Beach. North Myrtle Beach is one million times better. You won't catch me at regular Myrtle Beach. North Myrtle Beach is the spot to be on the South Carolina coast. But we're not here to talk about beaches. We're here to talk about the Buffalo Bills who kicked off training camp on Sunday morning. Got a chance to hear from Coach McDermott, the team practiced, and then Josh Allen, Von Miller, Jordan Poyer, and Brandon Bean met with the media after practice. And so I am going to deliver to you my top takeaways of things we learned from day one of Buffalo Bills training camp today's episode is brought to you by bet online bet online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before it's bet online and it's where the game starts so in segment one i do want to focus in on sean mcdermott's comments and the updates that he provided about the health of the team segment two we'll talk about the biggest takeaways from practice and then the last segment will be kind of digging into what we learned from brandon bean Jordan Poyer, Josh Allen, and Von Miller. So starting with Sean McDermott, he did confirm that every player under contract reported to training camp. And I guess the big name there where people would be curious because it's always the expectation that everybody would report for camp, it's that Jordan Poyer is there. And also at Bill's training camp was his agent, Drew Rosenhaus. We'll have some more comments about that in just a bit, but Sean McDermott did affirm that everybody reported to training camp. Now, there are some injury updates, and one that is very surprising, and that surprising one is that Roger Saffold, the Bills' starting guard, is starting camp on the non-football injury list, the NFI list. He was in a car accident and injured some ribs. Sean McDermott said that he would be back in due time. Brandon Bean commented later on and let us know a little bit more about the injury, and he cracked ribs. He's having a hard time sleeping, and he expects him to be back at some point before the season. But obviously, this is a setback for this Bills offensive line, where a guy that you thought would come in and really stabilize a guard spot He's behind the eight ball because he's not available to start training camp practices. And so that's not a great start there when it comes to 
uh, and a potentially very important starter for this team. We'll talk more about that in segment two and segment three, but to give you the basic update, Roger Saffold, he's on the non-football injury list. A couple more updates as it relates to injuries. Ike Bucker, who's coming off of the Achilles injury, he started the, the camp on the pup list, the physically unable to perform list. That was something we expected. One that we didn't expect was that Ely Anku, Bill's defensive tackle, he's also starting camp on the pup list, and that's because he strained a calf muscle during his conditioning test. And Brandon Bean compared that very similarly to Jerry Hughes a few years ago who had the calf injury early on in camp and said, hey, it could take a week, could take three weeks, but Ilianku starting the year on the pup list. As for Tredavious White, also starting on the pup list, which we fully expected to be the case. Sean McDermott said he's on schedule, but wouldn't really clarify a further timeline beyond that. I'll give you the exact quote from Sean McDermott when responding to Tredavious White and his injury and starting on the pup list and obviously the recovery from the ACL injury. McDermott said he's on schedule. He looks really good. He's working his tail off. And I mean, Trey is a consummate pro. So that has not changed. And we're just excited to get him back when we can get him back. He's on schedule with what the trainers are telling me what's on schedule. I think he's got a great look in his eye. I know what he's working back towards. And other than that, that's all I can say. So Sean McDermott, you know how he is about injuries. He doesn't give you any more than he has to. Trey White is on schedule. What does that mean? (laughs) It basically just means he hasn't had any setbacks. So I guess that's good news, but we certainly don't have any more clarity on whether or not he's going to be available in week one, four, six, eight, no idea. But we do know that he's working hard, and there's not been any setbacks. As for Spencer Brown, Sean McDermott was asked about the Bills' offensive tackle and obviously didn't get a chance to do any work this offseason because he was working back from an injury. And Sean McDermott was asked if, if Spencer Brown was behind. And McDermott stops short of saying he's behind, but he did admit that he needs to knock off some rust. He missed all of the offseason, and Coach McDermott said that he's worked hard to get back, and he is a full go, but obviously David Questenbury has been getting those reps at right tackle throughout the offseason, and here we are at camp, and he's continuing to get those first-team reps, which is something that I thought would be the case and something we've talked about over the last couple months on the podcast. On Gabriel Davis, Sean McDermott was asked about him and obviously claiming a bigger role this year. And every time that Sean McDermott gets a chance to talk about Gabriel Davis, the man lights up. And Sean McDermott said, I love Gabe. He's off to a great start. He had a great offseason. It's a new role for him in this offseason. Excuse me. It's a new role for him in this offense and that he's worked his butt off to be in a great position for his teammates. Everything you ever hear from this football team, whether it's Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, John Brown in the past, Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, they say such glowing things about Gabriel Davis. I mean, that was the first words out of Sean's mouth. I love Gabe. 
So I'm obviously excited to see what this all materializes on the field, but also it, I think it's important for us to note as we focus a lot of our conversations on this podcast around team building, roster construction, the way that the important people like McDermott and Bean talk about these players, it's important for us to be very mindful of it, and the, re- the reviews are always glowing when it comes to Gabriel Davis. Felt like everybody that stepped up to the podium was asked about the Bills and them being the Super Bowl favorites, and they gave you the answers you would expect, but I appreciate the way that Sean McDermott responded to this question. He said, look, we're here to work. We have a job to do to put this team together. Names on a paper don't make a team. Teams have to go through adversity and challenges. And so, yeah, there's an awareness of the expectations that exist for this team, but you know, Sean McDermott's kind of taken this to its most simple form. Like, hey, that's great. Names on a paper. We got a good team, all that stuff. But that's all it is at this point. Everyone's 0-0. All 32 teams are 0-0. Names on a paper don't make a team. And it's going to be about how this team responds to the challenges and the adversity that inevitably come through any season. Look at the Rams last year. They trade for Von Miller and lose three in a row. How do they respond to that, right? Look at the Bucs a couple years ago when they won the Super Bowl. They were 7-5. and five. They were doubted, right? How did they respond to it? So, yeah, the Bills got a team that's fully capable of winning the Super Bowl, but it's going to come down to how do they respond to the inevitable adversity that's going to come along the way. And laying that foundation at camp and building that bond is going to be a critical piece of this team being able to meet those moments, which is a great segue into – the last thing that I want to talk about when it comes to Sean McDermott and the comments that he made, because he was asked about being at training camp and going away to training camp. And, you know, the trends across the league is that teams aren't doing this anymore. Von Miller, this is the first time he's ever went away to training camp since being in the NFL. What This is what, week year 12 for the guy? And so Sean McDermott talked about the togetherness and how important it was to develop bonds that will bind the team together during for, for when during the year things get tough, right? A lot of the stuff we just talked about. But this is an opportunity that I want to bring up something that I gathered from being at O-Line Masterminds a couple of weeks ago. I was down in Dallas uh, for this event. It's an offensive line summit. It's led by, you know, big-time offensive linemen like Teron Armstead and Ryan Jensen, Lane Johnson, Hall of Famers like Steve Hutchinson and Willie Rofe, Willie Anderson, all these big-name offensive linemen. It's uh, at the Sports Academy down at the Star, uh, Duke Manyweather, all that stuff, right? You've heard me talk about it a little bit. But one of the things that really stood out to me in terms of the things that I took away from the event outside of just learning a lot about offensive line play and technique was some of the mindset, right? And, and you heard these legends, right, the guys like Steve Hutchinson and Willie Rofe and uh, Mark Schlereth talk about togetherness as a football team. And one thing that really stood out to me was a comment made by Mark Schlereth. He said, I can't be good as a football player unless we're all good. And that means watching film together, spending time together, having deep-rooted relationships. And he commented how today's players, they're given an iPad, right? And you can watch film on an iPad, and players like to leave the facility and watch tape tape on their own, right, on their iPad. And he said, that's great, and that should supplement, but you still got to do it together. You still got to do it together. 
And that's an important part when we're talking about professional football, football at its highest level with a ton of great teams out there. What are the things that you're going to do that's going to separate you from everybody else that wants the same thing that you want? And I, for one, am happy that the Bills go away to training camp, even though it's a little uncomfortable because it does help really form those bonds that's going to keep this team together when they have to meet the inevitable adversity that comes with being on an NFL team throughout the course of a season. I'm reminded of something that stands out to me. I I was learning about a young quarterback in the NFL. It's not Josh Allen. He's a, a very prominent starting quarterback for another team. And I have a relationship with a veteran player on that team. And he said, hey, look, this quarterback, like he's a cool dude and whatever, but like he doesn't even feel comfortable talking to the veterans, right? He sends them a text message. And that doesn't that doesn't check out in the NFL, right? Like maybe that's cool like for your friends and relationships like that, but in the NFL when stakes are high and it's super competitive, like you got to be able to have face-to-face conversations that are that are challenging at times. Get you to look somebody else in the eye and hold them accountable and talk about what you want to get done. I think the Bills going away to training camp allows them to to create those avenues and strengthen the bonds within the team so that they can go out and perform not only for themselves but for everybody that's part of the Buffalo Bills organization. BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your betting needs. You can find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for odds, lines, and games. You can find reviews and news of every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. So head to bet online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today. It's bet online and it's where the game starts. Let's talk about what we learned from practice and got to give a big shout out to the guys that cover one, Eric Turner, Greg Tomset, Aaron Quinn, Anthony Prohaska. You know, I was dialed in to the Twitter timeline looking for any nugget that I can get about practice so I can have some things to share with you on the podcast. And those guys are out there in full force sharing great information. Make sure that you're following cover one and all those guys. And literally everything that I'm about to share stems from the tweets that they were able to deliver, giving us good information out of practice. And so very thankful for cover one and and a lot of good friends over there, big fans of what they do. And a big shout out to them and a thank you for giving us some good nuggets to talk about here today on the podcast. Now, a couple of things that I do want to mention here before we get into these these takeaways. Um, we, we can't live and die with every piece of information that comes out of training camp. You can't do that. You're going to be in, you're, you're not going to, that's just not healthy. You need to be able to take in the information on a daily basis and look for trends and look for commonalities across different people reporting things. So yeah, we'll talk about stuff on a daily basis, but be careful about how you process it because it's about establishing trends. And just like some players can have a great game and a bad game, 
The, the same thing applies to practices. And training camp is an opportunity for teams to experiment and figure out what they want to do and different looks. And, and you, you kind of sort out your depth chart in different ways by exposing players to different opportunities, right? You're feeling it out. And so things can flip upside down day to day. You can find out that a player is in a particular spot today and a different player will be in that spot tomorrow. So it's all meaningful, but you just have to be able to take it in stride, look for trends, and understand that it's a very, very fluid situation when you're talking about training camp. So in terms of being glued to my Twitter timeline, this is the stuff that I thought was the most interesting and worthwhile to discuss from practice. We'll start with a a tweet from Greg Thompson who let us know what the offensive line looked like in terms of the first group with a couple of unique situations, right? Roger Saffold, not available due to the rib injury. Uh, Spencer Brown working back right from his injury. So what did that offensive line look like on day one of practice? Deion Dawkins was your left tackle. Cody Ford, the left guard. So Roger Saffold goes out. Cody Ford is your left guard. Thought, you know, when you found out the news about Saffold, I immediately started to think, who's going to be that guy that gets those reps today at guard? I thought it could be Tommy Doyle. Thought it could be Greg Manns. Thought it could be Cody Ford. Well, the guy that's getting that first, first shot is Cody Ford. And, you know, this is a unique opportunity for Cody Ford. He's not really lived up to his expectations as a very high second-round pick. Bumped around between tackle and guard. This is a fresh opportunity for him. He's got a new offensive line coach, and he's got an offseason where he's not rehabbing from injuries, right? So this is a big year for Cody Ford, and he's getting that first opportunity to fill in for Roger Saffold, that left guard. Mitch Morse, your center. Ryan Bates, your right guard. That's all stuff we expected. David Questenbury getting the first run at right tackle. Now, I'm encouraged by the way that Sean McDermott spoke about Spencer Brown. I think that you're going to see Spencer Brown get first-team reps. But we've got a real position battle here. We've got a real battle for that right tackle spot. I think that's healthy. I think that's a good thing. I'm very high on Spencer Brown. You've heard me talk about him a lot. But by no means should he be handed the Bills' starting right tackle job this year. David Questenberry is good competition. And made the best man win. Something else that was very clear throughout the, the reports that came from camp is that Isaiah McKenzie is getting the first team reps in the slot. Aaron Quinn was the first to kind of put that out there that I saw. And then it was just kind of affirmed throughout the practice that, hey, these slot reps, they're going to Isaiah McKenzie. And so he's the, the guy that's been part of this team, right? He's, he's been part of this mix since 27. Or is it 2018? Yeah, 2018, if I'm not mistaken. A lot of time on task, a lot of opportunities to work with Josh Allen. You know, Jamison Crowder's that guy that the Bills signed this offseason. You know, we'll see how this sorts out. It's day one. Maybe Jamison Crowder gets the, the bulk of the snaps tomorrow. But for day one, Isaiah McKenzie's getting that first opportunity. And that's interesting. That's very interesting. And, and we'll be, we'll see how it all sorts itself out. But, you know, McKenzie's done well in flashes for this football team. And this this could be a situation where a lot more opportunity is going to come his way. Courtesy of Eric Turner on the Cover One Twitter account, 
Uh, he he let us know what the running back pecking order has been, and it seemed very clear that Devin Singletary was getting those first reps, Zach Moss was getting those second reps, and James Cook was getting those third reps, which, look, I'm not surprised by that. I'll be surprised if Cook doesn't leap Zach Moss. But for at least one day, Zach Moss is getting those second reps over James Cook, although it sounded like James Cook was part of some different personnel groupings, especially in the red zone, which we'll talk about in just a moment. But, you know, he's got to earn it. And I would expect nothing less from a Sean McDermott coach football team. Uh, based on this this tw- this uh, this punter competition, right? Matt Arise of the draft pick versus Matt Hawk, the disappointing punter from last year. Just kind of trying to gain a consensus from the different tweets that were out there. It sounded like early on, you saw the flashes from Matt Ariza in terms of the big booming punts, but he was the guy that maybe had some more inconsistencies, some shanks. Matt Hawk was kind of that very stable punter, uh, very consistent. But then as practice went along, it feels like Matt Ariza became more and more consistent, and obviously those high-level flashes came from Ariza. Obviously, the big storyline here is the holding component, the disappointment that Matt Hawk was, Matt Ariza as a draft pick, but Matt Ariza as a guy that's very new to punting, right? Only one season doing it. And so you'd expect the more cerebral, consistent, methodical player to be the Matt Hawk, a guy that's been punting, I'm sure, for a decade at least. But Ariza is the talented player that has the high ceiling, but you know what do you have to live with? I think that's the question with Matt Ariza. What do you have to live with? You're going to have some boomers, right? He's going to flip the field, but he's going to have some shanks, right? There's just not enough consistency and time on task as a punter for us to not be able to reasonably expect there to be shanks. And you also have to live with potentially some variance when it comes to holding. Well, with Matt Hawk, what do you have to live with? Well, you got to have you have to live with not really being able to flip the field with consistency. You have to live with inconsistency as a punter, right? He has his own shanks and his own issues. But you don't have to live with any issues in terms of the field goal operation. So there's a lot to sort out. It's day one, but I'm not sure we actually gained any clarity. But uh, you know, it's just kind of interesting to to take the the feedback and intertwine it with what you thought. And you know, that's where we're at at this point. Also, courtesy of Greg Thompson, the punt returner mix is is who you would expect it to be: Isaiah McKenzie, Khalil Shakir, Tavon Austin. And Marquez Stevenson, we didn't really get any clarity on who did well and who didn't do well, but those are the four guys in the mix for the punt return situation. And then this is one that I thought was really interesting from Eric Turner of Cover One, talking about red zone work and the 22 personnel grouping where they would put, you know, obviously Josh Allen and five offensive linemen to go with Dawson Knox, OJ Howard, Reggie Gilliam, and James Cook. And this is what I talked about with, like, you can present so many problems for for defenses based on this personnel that the Bills have assembled. You can put those four guys out there, and you can motion James Cook out. He can be your fade target or runner out. You can see what that matchup's right like, right? You have all these guys on the field. You motion James Cook out. You see who goes with him. Does a linebacker go with him? Does a safety? Does a corner? Could be some real opportunities there and creating a mismatch. And maybe you don't like the mass up, ma- the, the matchup, and you just hand the ball off to Reggie Gilliam. This is good stuff. 
So I was really excited to hear about that 22 personnel package in the red zone. The, uh, the last couple things that I'll mention when it comes to practice takeaways, you heard a lot of really good stuff about Terrell Bernard. Uh, pass breakup against Dawson Knox in the red zone. Had some tight coverage on James Cook on another rep, uh, according to multiple reports. Now he, it sounds like he's running with the second team, but he's flashing in coverage, which is exactly what I wanted to hear, right? This could be that versatile overhang defender that really is an extension of Matt Milano, but you can also have both of them on the field still be able to hold your own in coverage and be a little bit bigger to play downhill and defend the run. So very encouraged by the reports for Terrell Bernard, the Bills' third-round pick. And then some other highlights that you heard from various reports. Uh, Tim Settle had an interception against Case Keenum. And in team drills, Sal Capaccio said it was very reminiscent of the Sam Adams interception against the Patriots. So that's fun. Tim Settle, high-energy player, a guy I'm excited for. Sounds like Gabriel Davis had a a highlight reel toe-tap touchdown reception. And you heard a lot of good things about James Cook and him catching the football. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be really stressful when unexpected expenses come up. Now, Dave can help you get out of a pinch when you really need it. Dave is the banking app that can help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. That's more money to fill your tank, buy a wedding gift, or catch up on bills. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out without any hangups. There's no interest and no credit check needed. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get the financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve member FDIC. Future you will thank you. Let's close this thing out by reflecting on the comments from Jordan Poyer, Brandon Bean, and a couple of things from Von Miller and Josh Allen. So Jordan Poyer, obviously big storyline all offseason, made it known that he wants a new deal. His agent, Drew Rosenhaus, was in attendance. And so obviously Jordan Poyer was asked about Drew Rosenhaus, his agent being at practice for day one and said, hey, look, he's here today. Him and Bean are talking things through. He's excited to be back out playing football. He never considered holding out and reiterated time and time again that he wants to be in Buffalo. I also appreciated that he said that it's not a challenge for him at all, not letting the business side affect his football. And when he's on the field, nothing else matters. And he also, he also, you could tell he's got a chip on his shoulder about some doubt being out there about his age. He said it's motivated him. He said he's had his best off season. He's worked out, working out and, and you know, going up against guys like Tyreek Hill and David and Joku down there in South Florida. And he fully believes that he can play at a high level for a few more years. Brandon Bean, let's talk about some of his comments. Obviously, Jordan Poyer and Drew Rosenhaus. Brandon Bean said, Drew Rosenhaus and I have a great relationship. We've had many conversations. We're good. I don't talk about no negotiations in the media, but he said, I love Jordan Poyer, and Drew is great to work with, and that's the extent of where I would be comfortable talking about it. That's good, right? Like, if all he's going to say about a key player for the Bills and his agent being at practice is that 
I love Jordan Poyer, and Drew is great to work with. I think that's a good thing. I think that's if that's all he's willing to say, and it's compliments towards those two people, you like it. Uh, he did confirm about Andre Smith, the Bills linebacker, that he will serve a six-week suspension. Uh, that will kick in once the season starts. He's able to participate in everything up until week one after the 53 cutdown, and then he has a six-week suspension where he can't be around the team or in the facility at all. Brandon Bean did comment that Trey White is on schedule, no setbacks. He's doing well for where he's at. And um, he said that he's got to protect, protect Trey White and not put him back out there too soon and that Trey White will only be on the field when both Trey and the Bills are ready for that to happen. Regarding Roger Saffold, he said, I won't put a timeline on it. Uh, cracked ribs, he confirmed. He said, those generally take some time. It's tough for him to sleep, that he's sore and that he does expect him to be back at some point before the season starts. And look, Bills have two really, really friggin' good defensive linemen to deal with in week weeks one and week two. Aaron Donald, week one, the best defensive player on the planet. Jeffrey Simmons, week two. Roger Saffold's going to be key. I mean, do you want Cody Ford to have to deal with those guys, or do you want Roger Saffold to have to deal with those guys? We need to be really rooting hard for Saffold to get healthy to get back and get ready to play against some really good opponents here early in the season. On sorting out the 53-man roster, Brandon Bean said something that we know, but I think it's important to reiterate, and really spoke on the versatility that backups have to provide. He said, you can't be a one-hole backup. You need to be able to play multiple spots. And so as you're sorting this thing out and trying to figure out who's going to make this roster beyond the starters, you got to ask yourself about the versatility component. We know it's important, but I thought Brandon Bean coming out and saying, hey, you got to be able to play multiple spots. You can't be a one-hole backup. That was something that even was a good reminder for me. Real quick on Josh Allen and, and Von Miller, their press conferences, they didn't give you a whole lot of meaningful takeaways. You know, Josh Allen, uh, my big thing was him talking about the turkey burgers uh, that St. John Fisher makes out there. A lot of eye praise for them. Seemed like Josh was in a good headspace. Um, talked a little bit about the yards after catch stuff and how they heck, they need to have more routes that are in breaking and he's got to do better with ball placement. Uh, but for the most part, he was just in good spirits, talked about golf, talked about being back, training camp. Uh, you know, he didn't bring his video games. He's going to watch. He just finished watching Breaking Bad and he's going to watch The Boys and some other TV show. You know, they, they play Catan. I don't even know what that is, some type of a game. Uh, but yeah, it felt like Josh was in a good space. Um, and then while we're on the cop, the topic of turkey burgers, uh, my favorite way to have a turkey burger is with a potato bun. You always got to have the potato bun. It's just better than a regular bun, right? For hot dogs, whatever. Always get the potato bun, tomato, mustard, avocado. That's to me the best way to have a turkey burger. As for Von Miller, thought it was interesting. Hey, this guy's never been away to camp. Uh, he said it's different being 33 and in a dorm room, uh, but it's bigger than Von Miller and, and his own comfort, and obviously he's excited about what this can mean for the team. But overall, I thought that Von seemed really loose in a good headspace, was really positive, looked like he had a lot of energy, and so I really liked just kind of the way he was during his media availability. All right, folks, that's going to do it for us here today on the podcast. Tomorrow should be pretty similar. Uh, the Bills will have another open practice, so we should have a lot of good re reports and information to respond to, and then we'll get to herd mentality later in the week when the Bills don't have a practice and 
reports for us to get to. So don't miss anything. Make sure that you are subscribed. We'd love it if you took a second to rate, review, and share the podcast. Have a great rest of your day, and I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.